Welcome to the Focus Today podcast with Perry Atkinson. And I am so honored uh, to have with us today uh, Eric uh, Metaxas. He's the host of the nationally syndicated show, radio show that he has. He's the number one New York Times bestselling author of several books. Bonhoeffer is a must read. Um, his latest one is called The Letter to the American Church. And I have a copy of this right here. I have to say, pastors, you have to read this book. That's all there is to it. His books have been translated in over 25 languages. His writings appear in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, the New Yorker. Uh, he's appeared on cultural, as a cultural commentator on CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, just to mention a few. There's a picture of the cover of his book on the screen, and you can go to ericmetaxas.com is his website. Eric, good to see you again. And again, I want to say thank you. Out of your busy schedule, you came all the way to Southern Oregon to talk to us. Thank you, friend. As I said in my opening remark, you introduced me so beautifully, and I just want to thank you for your kindness uh, to me, your generosity and graciousness. And I, when you introduced me, I, I got up there, and the first thing I said, you may remember, I said, like, you know what? I didn't know that Oregon had a southern part until today. It's kind of <laughs> funny because I'd never been to, you know, of course, I'm joking around as I always do, but I'd never been to the Medford area before, and it was it was wonderful to be with you. Oh. Uh, thanks for hosting me there at the Lincoln Day dinner. But listen, we're living in crazy times, and uh, I will go where I'm invited uh, to speak about what I think God is trying to say to his people, and that's exactly why I'm here today. Well, the... Uh your your passion for the American church is an amazing one. By the way, the letter to the American church uh, is is in the process of being filmed into a documentary. What's the release? Oh, no, it is a documentary. Okay, when is it released? Yeah, it came out last week. It okay. just came out last week. And if people go to lettertotheamericanchurch.com, it, it, listen, it is a brilliant film. I had nothing to do with the making of the film. I wrote the book, Letter to the American Church. But these two Hollywood veterans uh, heard me speak at a church in California. And they said, we need to make this into a film. And by the grace of God, they made it into a searing documentary film. I mean, it, it's really, it raises the bar for this kind of film. It, it's, it's extraordinary. And people can get a free screening at their church, churches only, lettertotheamericanchurch.com. Anybody else can, uh, can get it for a few bucks. It's on Epic TV. But lettertotheamericanchurch.com is the website. Uh, and if you want to get a free screening at your church, we have over 200 churches signed up for free screenings because to me, it's about getting the message out. It's such an urgent message. Uh, and I and I just said, let's let's do it. So they made an amazing film. I'm thrilled to be, you know, the main voice in the film. But we interview all kinds of people, Charlie Kirk, lots of other people that you would know. Uh, from your book, uh, Bonhoeffer, to Letter to the American Church, you're bringing forward uh, your concern and your passion. And I was thinking earlier, if I had one question to ask you, and I, hopefully I have more than one, but this is, the, <laughs> this is the one that I really wanted to ask you. Do you think the American Church has the Bonhoeffer grit to stand up against today's culture? That is the question. That is the question, Perry. And you know what? There are people listening right now. If you're any kind of a Christian and you're listening to this, you are the American church. So the question is, do you have the Bonhoeffer grit? Do you have the courage? Do you have the heart to do what God is calling you to do? Many in the German church 
missed it. And that's the point of this book, Letter to the American Church. If you read my Bonhoeffer book, uh, which is selling very well again, I guess, because we're living through it now, right? Um, This book, Letter to the American Church, is the shortest book I've ever written. Bonhoeffer is the longest book. But the point is that, you know, we are going through what the German church was going through early on in the Nazi time, right? When we think of Hitler, we kind of think, oh, how could they not get that? Well, we have hindsight. We, we know where it went. But if you were a Christian in 1933, 34, you didn't know where this was going. You didn't know how long the Nazis would last. You had no idea. And Bonhoeffer, as a prophetic voice, God speaking through him, was trying to wake up the church and say, church, if you do not engage and stand against the evil that's rising with everything you have now, it will be too late. The Nazis are taking over, they're infiltrating the church, they're certainly infiltrating the culture, but they're infiltrating the churches, they're silencing the churches day by day. If you don't fight now, you won't have an opportunity. And by 1935, two years into the Nazis, Bonhoeffer knew it's over. The church has missed their opportunity. They had an opportunity. God was getting, trying to get them to stand and to fight. And they said, no, 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 we're, we're just going to see how it goes. And Bonhoeffer knew because they missed it, it was over. And that's where we are in the American church. We have a small window of opportunity. I'm not speaking hyperbolically. I'm speaking the truth. We have a tiny window of opportunity. It might just be this year that if the church does not wake up now and do everything it can, uh, it's over. We are going to lose the battle. And then you're going to say, well, I didn't know. And, you know, the fact is, uh, People like me and others and the voice of Bonhoeffer are trying to wake up those who are interested in doing God's will in our time, not missing it tragically the way the German church missed it in the 30s. You clearly demonstrate that by the uh, story of the 12,000 churches. Share that with us. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, when I wrote the Bonhoeffer book, I wasn't aware of this. But when I wrote Letter to the American Church, which is the, the, the new book and the film Letter to the American Church, um. I found out that in the early 30s, right, so 1933, the Nazis come to power, the, uh, the, the German church didn't know what was going on. But a number of folks like Bonhoeffer, they were waking up and they were trying to rally the church. And they wrote this thing called the Barman Declaration. It's in my book. And maybe there were 18,000 Lutheran pastors in Germany at the time. So 18,000. By 1935 already, There were only 3,000 standing firmly against Hitler and the Nazis, standing to protect the church from the infiltration of the Nazi doctrine, uh, willing to be brave. 3,000 of the 18,000. On the other end of the spectrum, there were about 3,000 who were totally in bed with the Nazis. They were just totally pro-Hitler, kind of like the the totally woke churches today that they don't believe anything except, you know, what the New York Times is preaching. They have no values, right? So you get 3,000 heroes. 3,000 villains, but in the middle, 12,000 pastors out of the 18,000 who said, we're not going to choose. We're just going to stay neutral. That is the nightmare that those pastors who were deceived into thinking you could be neutral in this battle between good and evil, in this war between good and evil, they were deceived into being neutral just long enough for the Nazis to take power. If they had sided with the 3,000 heroes, the church stood a chance uh, and Germany stood a chance because Bonhoeffer says the church is the conscience of the state. If the church will speak up uh, in a place like Germany, in a place like America, the church is a 
powerful, powerful cultural institution. But if the church is silent or if enough in the church are silent and say, you know what, this is not our battle. We just want to do church. We just want to, you know, have a nice service on Sunday morning. We don't get involved in this. If you go along with that, that's all that is necessary for evil to triumph. That is what happened in Germany. By 1935, Bonhoeffer knew it is over. We missed it. We had about two years. We missed it. And now the Nazis have taken control. And even if you want to speak up, you have no voice. It's been taken away from you. That is where we are in the American church today. I know that I'm not exaggerating, Perry. That's the whole thing. It's like, it's, this is not just like, oh, I've got this point of view. This is where we are. We have a tiny window of opportunity. And I want to make the biblical case. I make it in the book. And if people go to the website, lettertotheamericanchurch.com, at, at lettertotheamericanchurch.com, they can see how they can get involved. But the point is, this is to wake up the church, to make the case, this is biblical. This is not some political agenda. This is what God is saying. It's what God says through the ages. He said it to the American church in the 1850s, that I want you to be standing against slavery. Uh, he said it uh, in England in the, in the 1780s and 1790s. I wrote a book about William Wilberforce, who, because of his Christian faith, stood against the slave trade. How many people at the time said, oh, we don't want to get involved. That's separate. We're just going to do church. And Wilberforce said, no, if you believe in Jesus, you believe in the Bible, you have an obligation to stand against the evil of the slave trade. If you were alive in the 1850s, you have an obligation to stand against slavery in America and to advocate for a politician like Lincoln who stands against the slave trade. People said, we can't advocate for a politician. We need to be neutral. We need to be politically neutral. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says you advocate for what is right and good and true, and you trust God with the results. And there are many in the American church that drank this Kool-Aid that were not supposed to be vocal. We're not supposed to be political. That is simply not biblical. It's a lie designed to silence the voice of God in our culture. And if the church continues to be silent, we are going to go down the path. We are going down the path, clearly, that Germany went down. They didn't see it at first. By the time it's too late, you know, they, a lot of them were waking up, but by then it was too late. That's where we are right now. We have almost no time left, but that accounts for the urgency uh, in my voice. And that's why we made the film to get it out to as many people as possible, letter to the American church.com. Evil during the Nazi regime, uh, looking back, was, was just horrific in the extermination of the Jews. Evil today is much more subtle, uh, more, much more camouflaged, and it's been given barriers of protection by classification. Do you think we understand what evil is today? Well, I'll tell you the truth. That's not really true in the sense that in 1933 and 34, where we are now, if you're looking at a parallel, the evil was not as open. They were not killing Jews at that point. In other words, the death camps weren't even put into place until the war began in 1940, 41. The final solution was in 41. It was so late before the extermination of the Jews actually happened. So that's the point. Evil is always camouflaged. They don't come out and say, here's what we're going to do. They pretend like, oh, we're pro-church, we're pro-God, you know, just don't, uh, don't get involved. Everything's fine. There's nothing to see here. That's what the Nazis were effective in doing, was saying to the church, you don't need to wake up. You can keep sleeping. Keep having your nice church services. They were not going to advertise the evil that they were doing. And right now, we're in a very similar place. People can't imagine where this could go, and they think, well, you know, I disagree with some stuff, but I don't need to get involved. But... To your point, we are seeing actual evil, and we're looking the other way. Many Christians are looking the other way. What evil do we see? The lie that the transgender madness, that we're, we're forcing young women 
to believe these lies or, or, or were allowing them to believe these lies, that they should cut off their breasts, that, that, that young men would destroy their bodies. This is evil right now. And you have many in the church saying, well, we don't want to get involved in that. We don't want to talk about open borders, fentanyl pouring in, destroying working class communities, uh, criminals coming across our border. Yeah, a lot of nice people, a lot of nice families, and a lot of evil people that we're not keeping out. This is going to harm the poorest of the poor. We're commanded to love our neighbors. So if you're any kind of a Christian, you've got to get involved in any of these things, in all of these things, in advocating for a politician, whoever it is, imperfect as he might be, who is willing to stand against this. And if you say, I don't want to get involved, you're guilty of what the German churches were guilty of. And again, I think if people see the film, it'll be clear. Uh, and it is free to any church that wants to do a screening. Any church that wants to do a free screening, absolutely free, letter to the American church.com. You can see the information. Uh, let me say to our viewers and listeners, Letters to the American Church, that's the book. Letters to the American Church.com is the website. And uh, as Eric is saying there, go there. And if you're a church, uh, you can uh, have that screening absolutely free. Eric, uh, again, I only have a very short time. What is the biggest takeaway of Letter to the American Church? What do you want us to put well, in the bank here? I was going to title the book, instead of Letter to the American Church, I was originally going to title it Faith Without Works is Dead. Because I think a lot of people in the American church, like a lot of people in the German church in the 30s, they bought this idea that faith is just what I believe. I'm saved by faith, which is these intellectual beliefs that I claim to have about, you know, Jesus or the Bible or whatever. And God says, no, you have to live out your faith. If, if you don't live out your faith, it's proof that you don't really believe it. If you put your whole trust in God, you're going to live differently. You're going to risk your job. You're going to risk your name. You're going to, you're going to say, I need to live for God, and I'm going to leave the results with him. But there are many people that think, no, I don't need to do that. I just need to have these private thoughts in my head and go to a nice church and you know, uh, don't do anything horribly wrong. Th that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says we're supposed to be totally engaged. Our whole being is supposed to be engaged in living out our faith. And so this lie that we've had in the American church that I just need to go to church on Sunday and, and, and that's enough. I'm a Christian. I'm saved. That's not biblical Christianity. And that's a shock to many people who think that is biblical Christianity. But God is calling us to get involved in the battle between good and evil. And all that many people need to do to shut down Christians to say, oh, that's Christian nationalism. If somebody starts using terms like Christian nationalism, run in the other direction, because that's complete nonsense. We're supposed to live out our faith. We're supposed to love our country, the country that patriots died uh, so that it could come into being, so that we could preserve the Union in the Civil War. Uh, I just watched Hacksaw Ridge, an amazing film about World War II. Patriots have bled and died and sacrificed everything for this country. So the idea that we shouldn't love our country, try to preserve the country, that is one way, by the way, folks, that you love your neighbors is by loving your country and advocating for the values of liberty and freedom, but all of the biblical values as well, for the unborn, for the sanctity of life, uh, for the idea that marriage is between a man and a woman, all of these things are under attack. And there are many churches kind of preaching this idea like, you don't need to get involved. I'm here to say that's not biblical. If you read the book, Letter to the American Church, if you see the film, you will see uh, that those things are not biblical. And just as the German church believed a lie, Many in the American church are believing a lie. So the point is, don't be one of them. Rejoice that God has called you to this battle and understand he's given each of us a beautiful role to play in this battle. And we don't want to miss it. 
Thank you, friend. Uh, we value your time greatly. Thank you for the few moments you've given us today. Let me say to our viewers and listeners, uh, Letters to the American Church, there's the picture of the book. Uh, you can go to lettertotheamericanchurch.com and check out the, the showing for your church as well. Eric, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Stay in the fight. Good to see you. You're in our thoughts and prayers, buddy. Perry, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's Focus Today podcast. Remember, you can visit our website to check out all the interviews we did this week on our daily Focus Today TV show at the Dove.us. And if you like this podcast, please take a moment to rate us and share it with your friends.